Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is a good one. Me and Dan talk about my Nebraska opening day bow kill that you guys can watch over on the Hunting Beast channel. Uh, real short hunt, real successful hunt, and it was a lot of fun. I think you guys are really going to like this one and learn something from it. No ad reads this week, so um, just wanted to to maybe pitch the podcast and the YouTube channel over it before the Echo. If you haven't went over there and checked it out, go over there. There's all kinds of stuff on there. I got other videos on there other than just podcast. There's something that goes up there every single day. I got my some of my gear stuff up on that uh, that channel. So go over there, subscribe, tell a friend about it. Uh, and I really appreciate the support, everybody. The growth has been awesome, and I can't wait for the future of this uh, podcast and the and the show. So with that. Let's get into the episode. <coughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> that that uh, awesome intro about choke Dan up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. How's everybody doing tonight? I uh, got quite a few people on, so people are rolling in right now. I got to say a big thanks to Moose. He donated 40 bucks just a second ago. Nice. That's a record. So everybody else try to break that, I guess, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, you start getting uh, uh, money like that, I might quit my job. Yeah, right. If everybody on here could just donate forty bucks every every week. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, that was nice. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I don't see any questions from him either. He's it's a it's his fortieth birthday. I think that's I think that was the idea behind it. Nice. So happy birthday. Um, anyway, hope everybody's doing good tonight. Kind of another weird time. I don't think we've ever done one on Monday night, but here we are. Holiday, a holiday too. So. Yeah, it started out as Thursday Night Live and now it's just floating all over the place. I know, right. It's barely Thursdays anymore. It hasn't been Thursday the last two weeks, but that's all right. We kind of thought that would happen come hunting. Oh yeah. We'll get, once uh, things settle down, we'll get back on a better schedule sometime in February. No. Um, anyways, if you guys are uh, on here for the first time, you can ask questions in the comments and we'll try to answer them. And then at the end, I will put a link in to call in in the chats in the comments and you guys can call in and, and talk to us. So, um, yeah, we decided to do it tonight because I'm home already from Nebraska and Dan isn't left for the bear hunt. And it's going to be hard to get one in if if we didn't do it tonight. So, It'd be hard uh, to do one from the Northwoods. Yeah. Were you guys going to stay at a camp or hotel, or what are you guys going to do up there? Yeah, we're just going to um, camp at a campsite. Oh, okay. It's got no electric or anything either, so it's going to be kind of rural. Yeah. No, that's how. Um, I I have like a little battery pack generator thing that I had with me in my car, so I was able to charge up things and whatnot and um and now near the town i was with the plug in uh rick's mouth and i spin his arm yeah right <laughs> you guys are both hunting right yep mm -hmm. really want to see rick get a bear that'd be nice he hasn't shot one yet he hasn't mm -mm. me and you both rick um yeah i had i did have a shower where i was at i the there's like a little public shower uh and the town around the town I was staying, you could go take take a quick shower. Um, I only took one, but anyway, where we uh, stay in uh, 
Minnesota, we used to smell so bad by the end of the week. It was, you couldn't stand each other. And yeah, um, Carol came with us and she just searched around until she found a shower at some place and she dragged us all down there and made us take a shower. <laughs> oh, the, uh, I've been elk hunting a handful of times in like backpacking camping, you know, and man, you get pretty, pretty bad by then. The only thing that's nice out there is the humidity isn't as bad. So you don't like, you don't get real, real sweaty kind of, you know what I mean? So it takes a little bit longer to, um, to get nasty, but it happens. We took, we took baths in the Creek and stuff, um, too. It's almost makes you feel like you're starting all over as a new person. When you take a bath after about three or four days, um, kind of cold, but I'm having um, a hard time seeing tonight. My, uh, my son brought me over a bunch of, uh, scorpion and ghost peppers and stuff. And I cut them up and, I thought I could just go over and wash my hands. Yeah. And I scrubbed my hands really good after cutting them things up. And, uh, I don't know, a little while later I touched my eye and, oh my gosh, my whole face swelled up. And oh my gosh. And my other eye. And then I took a leak. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I thought I'd better take a shower. And I don't know how that stuff can stay in your hands after you scrubbed your hands, but I took a shower and that made it worse. Cause it just like, it washed all over my whole body. Oh gosh. My whole head was swelled up. It's just starting to come back now, but I'm still having a hard time seeing. Everything's kind of blurry. You should have wore gloves eating those things. That's why I was coughing when you turned the screen on. You still have a little residue. Yeah, my lips are numb and everything, and I I didn't eat none or anything. It's just I, Yeah. Those things are wicked. Handled them. Those things are so hot I had to put habaneros in there to cool them down. Yeah. <laughs> what were you making? I was just cutting them up for uh, for later use. To oh. Freeze. Yeah, I like hot stuff. I don't know if I care for that hot, but um, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like hot stuff in my eye. Right. Or on my twig and berries. <laughs> oh, everybody, uh, thanks for the congratulations on the buck. And the brass got a whole bunch of people saying congrats. So, yeah, it was fun. That's what we got on to talk about tonight is – We'll talk about my buck a little bit, and then maybe Dan and Rick's plan for bear hunting, and then hopefully next week our show will be about Dan's uh, and Rick's bear and how that all went down. This is probably going to it's going to be how it's hopefully it's how it is all season is just us talking about what's going on or what happened the week before, or what we got plans on doing this week and and that. So that's what you guys get to look forward to. Um, don't forget if you if you uh, like what we're doing to subscribe to the channel. Um, in the description, I have a, a place where you can buy a hat. I always, I never wear my dang hat. I'll get one to show everybody. I had my one earlier. I took a shower and changed it. I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, I don't have the one you have anymore, Dan. I'm out of them there. But oh, just like deleted it as soon as I got it, huh? You got the last one. I need to order some more. Hats are super expensive to order, though. You got to order a bunch of them and. They're not real, real cheap. So I'll, I'll order some eventually here. Um, anyway, yeah. You want to get into this buck I killed? Um, so if you missed the, um, if you missed the podcast last week, that was kind of the, where we talked about my, my couple days of scouting in Nebraska before I hunted. Um, and essentially what happened was I, I jumped this buck. I ended up killing the day before. Um, down in a little draw 
just go back and watch that episode and there's a lot more than that to it but uh so opening morning uh that that the podcast was the night before season started and then opening morning um i didn't hunt uh i actually got up pretty early and got out in the kind of around the area i was going to hunt and just did some glassing and something Ooh. i was going to men- mention it was like it's actually super hard to scout that place on foot um I, I went into a different area just in the morning there, mid-morning, uh, thinking I'd be able to maybe do a little bit, bit of scouting on foot and jump more deer. Um, and the way those draws were and stuff, it just was almost impossible to kind of get down in them without um, – and, and being able to be, uh, you know, intrusive enough to scout um, without jumping – bumping deer out of the draws. Um, so anyway, yeah, I spent – creep into them to hunt. Yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, that's why it was so hard to just actually get down in there and um, and just lay eyes on what was going on in, in one of them. And that's why I think a lot of people out there, just they just sit back in glass and see what's coming out of those areas and then make a move uh, from, from there, which is not what happened to me. But, you know, that's a, I'm sure that's an effective way of doing it, too. But um, I mean, looking at some of those maps and stuff, though, of that uh, property, you could make some pretty good assumptions on deer travel in there. Yeah, it looked to me like a, a, a guy could uh, dive in at spots based on a map and uh, not pre-scout it, but scout it the day you're going to hunt it. Yeah, and still have a backup. You know, have enough time that you have a backup. You can back back out and go hit another spot if it doesn't look good. Well, that, um, but, that's uh, what. I, go ahead. But the, there were some really good land features there. Looking at that um, with you, looking at the yeah. maps with you over talking. Yeah, and I. I think that's a pretty common thing out West is like a lot of it's open. And so like, there's only so many places deer really can be, you know, mm-hmm. and on this particular property it was open with some like, you know, uh, pine and oak draws. And yeah. How, fa- like, how hot was it? It was 94. Whenever so they're I not sitting out in the open sun. No. Right. Down in those bottoms. Yep. So then when you, when you know that you can kind of look at how they come in and out of there. And if, and when it's open terrain like that, it kind of has that swamp effect where there's only so many places where there's oak trees and acorns are king right now. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there was only so many draws on that property, you know, there was just a handful of them. So you had, you know, you kind of, my plan was if I wouldn't have killed that buck that first night, obviously I, I knew that there was deer in there or that buck was in there, but if I didn't, didn't see him, you know, I would have just moved to the next one, next best one, next mm-hmm. best one until I, until I got on him. Um, cause those deer weren't going to stay out, you know, they weren't going to, I don't, they weren't going to bet out there in that open field when it's 94 and the sun's beating down on them, you know? And then plus in, in Nebraska, at least the WMAs that I've ever hunted on, they all have like paths cut all through the, um, the open fields for bird hunters, um, to, you know, run their dogs. So I, I'd imagine even if they are, they find a place to bet out there, they probably get pushed, you know, off those fields and back into those low you know low areas away from the the bird hunters no from the outside looking in it it uh appears this is easy and everybody should do it and everybody's gonna go there and shoot one opening day but but literally um the first place you went to didn't have a lot of pressure and you had to move like uh, uh squirrel hunters or something oh um yeah the 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 first place i went to it's like a river bottom with a whole bunch of uh, bur oaks on it. And yeah, there was 
22 shells and and 20 gauge shells laying everywhere on that thing so um i pretty quickly you know there was deer sign too but i pretty quickly uh realized like man this this place is getting a lot of walking and there's already like on a on a wednesday when i got you know wednesday morning at 10 o'clock there was already um you know a couple trucks parked in the wma they were you know out squirrel hunting um so I kind of kind of clued me in, like, okay, people are really walking these river bottoms, putting a lot of pressure on this place. Uh, I'm not saying you can't work around those people and kill one there, but you know, um, I had time to go and tr- find a place where that wasn't happening, and that's where I found this other other spot. Um, anyways, so I I uh, I actually end up. <laughs> funny thing happened to me that morning. There was a black, like a blacked out, brand new Chevy Tahoe with like blacked out rims. Um, tinted windows and he was driving around the block real slow and I could see it um, the entire time I was glassing and stuff. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Someone else is hunting here, you know? Um, I'm like, well, I'll talk to him, you know, if I see him park somewhere and see where they're hunting at. And uh, so I don't know, around 1130 or, or, or 12, I decided I was going to go grab some lunch and I, I got into the, my, my uh, Honda and I drove around the block to just to go find a parking spot to, a good parking spot with shade in it to, uh, to eat and relax for an hour or so before I went in and I drove around the block and at the mouth of that, um, the draw I was in, which it was, it was a long, really long draw. Uh, there's a parking spot there and that black Tahoe is, is parked there. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I said, I either thought one, it's a squirrel hunter and he's walked up through my draw that I'm going to hunt in. And he's going to, you know, he bumped them all out, which could have happened. You know, he wants the squirrel hunts, but as I want to, deer hunt but uh so i i kind of pulled into the parking lot there by my look and there's someone sitting in late you know laying in the tahoe i'm like oh hmm. you know and i i hopped out real quick and as soon as i hopped out the guy hopped out too and he i mean i'm not stereotyping but it looked like maybe he had some extracurricular substances in his system and uh he's like you know he's like hey hey hey, how's it going man you, you need this parking spot and i'm like no no i just seen if you're deer hunting he's like no 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 i'm not deer hunting just sitting here looking on my phone i'm like i didn't have there was no cell service in the whole area you know and i, I was like nope you're fine just you can just park right there and i got up and i left i'm like oh shoot you know because <laughs> I, I i you always assume the worst guys parked right there by the the draw you're getting ready to hunt and uh um like ah he's he's already up in there but Anyhow, that was kind of a curveball that was thrown at me and ended up not being anything. Um, so it was uh, about. Go ahead. A couple of years ago, turkey hunting, uh, I, I glassed a turkey in a um, in a field on the edge of public land, and I was thinking, man, I could cut that thing off. I know this land really well. And I go a little further up to where a parking lot is, where I can go into access. The only place you can go in an access, and there's a vehicle there, and I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's watching the turkeys. Yeah. So I drive past drive around the block and stuff. Then uh, I come back around to see if that turkey's still there and turkey's still there. And I look and the car's still there. And I'm like, well, maybe he's not turkey hunting. Maybe he's just out walking or because there's a hiking trail there and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can see down the trail and I can see there's nobody coming. So I'm like, I'll just go over and peek and see if uh, there's hunting gear in the car. Like, you know, because it's a car, you know, usually hunters drive trucks. Yeah. So I'm like, well, there's hunting gear in there. He's probably a hunter. And then I'll just back off and i'll go someplace else so i go over there and you can hardly see through the windows they're kind of like shaded yeah so i go and i press my face up against the window and two naked people jump up staring at me screaming and i just kind of got back in my car and truck and left yeah 
So it's probably not a good idea to stick your face in windows. Yeah. Well, this guy didn't give me a chance to. People having, like you said, extracurricular activities. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, he, he got out as quick as he could whenever he saw me get out. I don't think he wanted me to come over there by the vehicle. Um, trying to block a user here, people. Sorry about this. Uh, anyway, um, so this was around, uh, one o'clock and I ended up going in about one thirty, which I mean, that's pretty early. That's eight hours before it gets dark. Um, but I think it was like a, I mean, a pretty key factor of me killing the deer. Uh, the wind was blowing real hard. Um, it was, you know, that deer was probably good and bedded down, uh, at one thirty in the, in the afternoon it being hot and everything. He probably did not want to move, probably wasn't paying much attention, all that kind of stuff, you know, and with the high winds, it was blowing, know perfectly away from it so i wasn't too worried about anything swirling at that particular moment or anything uh like that um but i I made my way in not that far of a walk actually i mean it was actually the closest draw to the parking lot so um and there's something i something else i do that's probably a good lesson for people to to hear is like i got to that draw and i got probably 60 yards from the area i was going to sit in and i literally like got down on my knees and just sat there for probably an hour and just like analyzed everything, like thought about everything. I tried to pick out like the absolute perfect tree and even like the spot on the tree I want to sit um, and just let myself kind of settle down. Cause obviously I was like sweating and stuff. Um, that's something I do a lot. I don't know about you, Dan, but I, whenever I get close to something, I kind of just stop and, and kind of compose myself and, and kind of knock it down a couple gears compared to when you're hauling your butt into to the spot. Um, I really yeah, take my time about picking the spots too and really taking a look around. I think a lot of people go into situations like that and just, you, you know, all they think about is a deer and they get yeah. out or, or, or there's a good tree there or something. They don't take the time to think about how the thermals flow into the holes and the, down the draws and what the wind's going to be doing and, you know, planning for the thermals and stuff and really taking their time when they get into a spot like that. Yeah. And I was, I sat there and I would, I would kind of like, uh, like I said, it was probably an hour I sat there and thought about it. And I, I just, you know, when something would change, like the wind would die down or shift, or I would just drop milkweed and see how it was reacting down through those uh, valleys, making sure that everything, wherever I was, it was going to suck back up towards uh, either away from where their deer were bedding or, you know, just blow up back into the par- parking lot where I came from. Um, and I actually like, you know, there, there would have been a, if a guy would have just walked in there and picked out a tree, there was like a nice, straight, perfect tree um, pretty close to where I wanted to sit, but, um, you know, I kind of sit there and looked at it and thought about all the scenarios and I'm like, man, if a buck comes out right there, he's going to, I mean, I'm going to be just dead in his vision when he came out there. So I ended up kind of thinking about a different tree and I got up in a, you know, one that was, it was like a branch that came off the great big giant tree. And it was only about, you know, your head, your head thick. Um, but I had, I had like all kinds of cover around me. It was just a perfect, perfect tree. I was probably maybe 14 or 15 feet off the ground. Um, but yeah, that, that's something I do, especially whenever I feel like I'm really on one, I'll, I'll really slow down when I get to the tree. And I, I always try to portray that in a video with like, like filming my feet and how slow I'm walking and stuff and how careful you're, you're being when you're walking in and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I got up in the, I got up in that tree I was wearing a safety harness. I don't know. A lot of people on the thing was asking me why I wasn't wearing a safety harness. I had a safety harness on, I promise. It's just one of those 
waist uh, and, and feet one or uh, leg ones. So uh, there's a video on this YouTube channel about it. But anyways, I had a safety harness on everybody. And also I fixed my lug nut. Boy, people don't miss anything. Someone mentioned to me a couple of times that my, I was missing a lug nut on one of my tires and that I should uh, take care of that stuff before I leave on, on uh, trips. But uh, I, I went to O'Reilly Auto Parts today and bought a lug nut and put it on there. And, but I guess thanks for that, everybody. I, I, you I took didn't... it out to um, fix your camera arm or something. Or... <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, there was four on there. There was four on there. I don't think the tire was coming off. Uh, I put the fifth one on today, though. So um, anyway, it's just funny to me, man. People don't miss anything on, on those videos. Right. Like I never... Uh, I didn't even realize I put my tires in the video, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't, didn't even realize it, but, um, anyway, uh, I got up there, I was probably maybe two thirty when I finally got situated and, and settled in and didn't, didn't see anything. Well, as soon as I sat down, a uh, uh, mom coon and kittens came strolling by and I got to watch them all. Yeah, they were, weren't they? The ones, the ones I got coming in now are almost all, uh, without mom now. Oh really? Really large, yeah. But they do have uh, like the uh, yearling coons will have late babies, and uh, that must be what the case is with that one because they were awfully yeah. small. Yeah. Um, I saw those as soon as I got in the stand. Uh, it's like almost like they they were, you know, up in the next my tree next to me or something. It must have shimmied down whenever I was getting up or something. They anyway. Um, so yeah, that that uh that ridge had like a um two finger or that not the ridge the um the drainage had two fingers in it like this um and i was the oaks were like right here and then the bedding was in the kind of in the two fingers um and i jumped those deer kind of in this finger the day before and you know they made their they were probably going to make their way into these oaks to to bed and i ended up setting up kind of on top of the hill to where i could shoot both of the fingers coming into the um into the the oaks and those two fingers were just full of pines they weren't really they didn't have much oaks in them um uh but then about uh, i don't know an hour, did you have hour a good setup half. for your thermals to drop down in the evening yeah i did they were just it was um they were just from what i could tell and just thinking about i always think about water whenever i'm sitting mm -hmm. up there like if i dumped a gallon of, or a, a bucket of water out here where would it go and i was pretty confident where where i set up the one finger to my right, it had like just nasty like layovers and everything kind of on the uh, on the right side of the finger to where the deer would have to actually come around all that stuff to get to me. And mm -hmm. um, that's where the ditch was. It was all the layovers were in the ditch. And you could see the trail that would came came out from the other direction around the um, uh, around all that crap. And my thermals would have just dropped down into that crap and went that way. And they would they they came up high to get around all that stuff. Uh, but if a guy would have, you know, set up maybe 20 or 30 yards, you know, farther into that place, you, you probably would have been screwed with your thermals. So that's why, you know, that's where I learned whenever I sat there and kind of was looking at the place for, you know, an hour thinking about all that stuff. And it kind of eliminated some trees for me uh, before I got set up because of the, the way the thermals were dropping. Um, and it, it really wasn't a factor in the end because, I mean, it, they, they, it was still pretty windy when that buck came in. I don't think it was still freaking hot. You know, it had mm -hmm. to be 90, 90 degrees still, and it wasn't cooling down much. I noticed uh, when he when he ran after you shot, he was kicking up dust. 
Oh, it was dry. And, uh, it made, made for tough tracking too. I'll tell you that. Like when it, when it's just dust, that blood just gets sucked up and, and they don't really leave prints, you know? Um, but I mean, he only ran 60 yards, so it wasn't, wasn't that big a deal. Um, I just made a little circle and I found him on the first circle I made. Uh, but anyways, yeah, about an hour and a half before dark, he, he came out of the, you know, the left of the two fingers and I, you know, I could, I could see him coming. Uh, he got about, about 50 yards where I could start seeing him and he just kind of mingled around into the, until he got, uh, in those oaks and he'd eat a couple oaks and then walk a little bit and eat a couple oaks. And there's a trail I set up on. It was the only one that came through that little pinch I was in. Mm-hmm. I was about 25 yards from it. And he walked right down that trail and, and I shot him. I hit him. I t- took out the top of his heart. Um, I could tell that he, he was a little bit nervous, but he yeah. had no idea you were there. Well, I so, had walk, I'd walked through that area the day before. Oh, well, that's what I mean. He, yeah. he probably had smelled your impact from the day before. Yeah. He knew something was, you know, just wasn't the way it's been regularly, but he was thinking, well, okay. You know, yeah. You could tell there's a little bit of leeriness to him. And I wonder if it being so dang dry too, they can't quite, you know, the scent probably isn't laying down as heavy and stuff. So maybe that helped me a little bit, you know. A little bit of jumping him the day before and he knowing somebody was in there. Yep, for I'm sure. sure. Night or something, he probably went over and smelled where you had been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was probably a little nervous. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but yeah, he made his, made his way in there and I... Uh, we talked about on the podcast uh, a while back about stopping a deer and I ended up stopping him. Um, and the reason I did is where he was crossing, he was, he was in the Valley and you ever see a deer, like when they hop a Creek and go, cause there was a Creek in the bottom of the Valley where he was going to cross. And then he was going to go up a steep Hill. You ever see him like hop a Creek and then just jump up, like dart up the, the Hill real quick. Well, mm-hmm. I had in my mind, I thought about that. I'm like, if he comes from this direction, I could see him hopping that creek and just kind of taking three or four leaps up that steep hill real quick to get up there quick. And I didn't want him to do that. And that's why I stopped him. Like, I'm going to stop him right there because I'm not taking a chance of him. I didn't catch it. Did he drop on the shot at all? No. No, not really. Um, but, yeah, I was – I was, I, I had made up my mind. Like, if he gets to that creek right there, I'm stopping him and shooting him right there because I don't want him to get on the other side of that creek and take off on me. Um, you seem pretty excited. That's the most excited yeah. I've ever seen you. Yeah. I uh I get I like that, that way. beast dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh a lot of people have told me they like that. Hope maybe that'll be a, a new thing. I have to do a new dance every time I shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get all kinds of fired up whenever I after I shoot one. Uh, but it means a lot to me. I mean, I've I obviously put my whole life into this stuff, so mm-hmm. um I get excited, which you can obviously tell I'm pretty passionate about it. Uh, yeah, when it all comes together on opening day, too, I, it doesn't happen on accident. And there's a there's no. a feeling, a, a personal feeling of uh, accomplishment. You know, I've done it. I've I've uh, I've killed a lot of my really biggest bucks on on opening day, and it's just yeah, it's always a rush. It is for sure. It's a, uh, and it seems like on opening day, at least for me, I always have like a really good plan. It seems like like I always even like in Indiana here, you know, I've been studying the deer I got on camera. I've, you know, I've, I've got this like in my head, I've been thinking about it so much that I have this plan just like I had in Nebraska. Um, whereas kind of sometimes during after season gets going, your plans kind of become a little more fuzzy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that's what makes it so cool. Is like, man, I had that planned out perfect, and it worked exactly how it was supposed to. You know, if that wouldn't have worked out, I think you still would have killed a nice deer. I mean, looking yeah. at those maps and stuff, you had a pretty good plan about how how to go about hunting that area down. Yeah. And I th- yeah. You know, or vice versa, if if uh, you would have had a partner. If, right. Uh, I think we could have. I would have been there with somebody folks. else. I think uh, if he was on board with your way of hunting. I think you, you guys would have just went in there and whacked another one right away. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I mean, it's weird, but like, I just knew I was going to kill that deer that night. I had so much confidence in it. Um, I was a little worried about you rushing in there in the morning. Yeah. I, well, if you hear, hear me on the video, I, whenever I, uh, I scouted it or I bumped him, I, I mentioned going in the next, the next evening. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it wasn't until I got back to the McDonald's and started looking at maps trying and stuff. To talk yourself into it. Yeah thinking about uh yeah. options but um thinking about how many I, days you got and all that kind of stuff it starts getting in yeah. your head you know what the the i'll tell you what the suckiest part about hunting early season out there is is it's a freaking long day like sitting around uh this was you know, nice about having somebody with you, you i know, know those road trips just sitting there by yourself staring at the, you know, <laughs> the window or yeah. something but you well, know i me i would just get out and do a lot of scouting but in that heat it's got to be hard yeah, well, and like I said, there's only so much. I mean, there's only so much many places you can actually walk and and whatnot. So there was a lot of driving around and just kind of getting up high somewhere and looking around. And yeah, I kind of like looking at the terrain. Yeah, you, you know, you can only see so much on a map, but when you get out, you know, and you're like, "Well, that looks good," and you go glass it and you you look at it. You probably can't see the deer, but you can see how the land flows and stuff. You can see how thick the cover is. Yeah, you know. Yep, took a nap every day in the middle of the day. I tried to lay down, take a nap. Um, but yeah, that, that's the part I was going to mention on here. The, the hardest part about doing early season hunt, well, I guess it wouldn't have been as hard if you take someone with you, but like, you're just like, man, I got freaking bored sometimes. I'm like, golly, this day's dragging on, There's especially whenever you, uh, 300 people tuned in right now that would have went with you. Yeah. <laughs> They're, uh, uh, but anyways, and, and then especially whenever you like are super excited about the evening hunt, it's like makes for a long morning, but anyway it's not that big an issue whenever it's a late you know november and you're out there hunting and it gets dark at six o'clock you know the days are a little bit shorter and you got some time um in the evenings to settle down and whatnot but uh yeah that was it i it was a it was a super fun hunt um never killed one in that that early that's my earliest i've killed one in september uh, a couple of them in september in kentucky but nothing september 1st um i can't believe I've, how i've never killed one september 1st I, yeah. i've killed a lot of opening day ones in wisconsin but uh wisconsin's never open september 1st yeah they're uh i could not believe how thin their hair is i mean it was like it was like stealth strips i mean it was like that's yeah. what it felt like on the back of their you know on their neck and stuff it'd be a cool uh, mount if you could afford it yeah <laughs> if he would have been a little bit bigger i probably would have um it just would I don't know. It's not in the budget this year with me quitting my job and doing that. I need to probably use the money for something else. Um, you need to get a uh, taxidermy uh, shop to sponsor you or something. <laughs> yeah. My uncle's a taxidermist. I, I always have him do mine. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. I got, I don't, I, I don't live in a big house either. So my whatever 15 or more I got, everywhere is too too much anyway for this little house but uh 
I got a big barn. I can start putting them in. No, if I kill a big, bigger one, I'll mount it this year again. Just uh, um, hopefully, I kill a few this year and don't have to. I don't. I don't want to have a whatever a eighteen hundred dollar taxidermy bill. <laughs> uh, anyway, it it uh, it was a. I sat there and thought about uh, mounting it for a while, but. I want to make a nice European amount. I thought about making a Nebraska plaque for it and putting it on that. I think it'd be cool to kill every state that has a whitetail, kill a whitetail in every state and have like a, a plaque, a European mounted plaque on all of them. That'd be cool. Be, be tough, but, um, anyway, yeah, there's a lot of people on tonight. Which is cool. Thanks for getting on, everybody. So that, that deer came from where you expected him. Pretty much, he was in. He was in the. I knew he's either going to come from, you know, one of those two fingers, and he came from the left one. You know, um, they were bedding in the. They were bedding in the right one, the night before. But I kind of, I was pretty, pretty confident he could be on that other one tonight. You know, just for whatever reason. So when you're watching him, do you sit there and you, uh, when you're sitting there for all that time, are you looking at where you think he's going to come from, where mm -hmm. you think he's going to be bedded, which trails you'd probably use where your shots are? And Yep. I was, uh, I mean, it constantly is what I was doing. I was taking, I take my binoculars out and kind of glass down in through there. And, um, cause if, if they would have been bedded where they were the, the day before, I may have been able to see if they'd pick their head up or something, I'd be able to see the top of the rack maybe, but they, they, were clearly not there um or you know i didn't think they were um but yeah he, he came out of that uh, a different bedding area than he was back uh the night before but i i think i even said in the video like they could be bedded over here or over here and he just came from the over left one instead of the right one but i was constantly monitoring both areas and that one was actually the one where the thermals wouldn't have been going up in there at all. I mean, there, there'd been no way for him to go up into that one. Cause I was beyond that. Uh, um, it was actually uphill a little bit from me. Um, if that makes sense at all, but, um, so it just would have been perfect either way. Um, the only thing that happened to me early that, and I can't really confirm this, but as I was setting up, I heard like a, something like a stick or something. I thought, uh, down that other, um, finger but it was windy and you know i i don't know i didn't i didn't really write it up too much uh but anyways i think the deer i saw was the the deer i ended up killing was the back one i saw the the day before the day before it was the bigger of the two though wasn't it yeah the other one was just a nine pointer he wasn't i because i i sat there and looked at him through binoculars at 70 yards i could count all of his points and everything i could i could clearly see he only had nine points and this one had this one was just a nice even 10 pointer um, and then you could see behind him was another deer, a bigger deer with a, you could see he had a bigger body and everything, which the one I shot actually had a pretty big body. I don't know what he weighed, but he seemed like a big one, you know, big, big body deer, mm -hmm. um, compared to the, the little nine pointer. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there though, ended up being, uh, just, I mean, when I say people like YouTubers. There was other people out in Nebraska that I didn't even yeah, know were out there. Yeah, I was surprised. There. There's a lot of people out there. You know, I uh, um, 
I called and talked to uh, Mitch from Prime, and he said all the Prime guys were out there. And mm-hmm. um, Ted Bright was out there. He yeah, killed there one. Was, um, those others, that other saddle group, uh, they were out there too. Uh, can't think of them, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of people. Shane Shane Simpson was out there. Uh, we were going to meet up. Um, if if you know we're we had in our our minds that if if I was on something he wasn't he was going to come to me and if I was having problems getting on something I was going to go to him kind of helping each other out with scouting and whatnot but um he's been on he's been on deer the whole time he's been down out there too just hasn't quite got in front of one uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously I killed mine the first day so we never got to meet up but um, so was your uh, biggest fan waiting for you when you got home yep he was. Um, he was on one when I got home, like he was going off the wall, running around his, his grandpa was here too. So, uh, that doesn't help anything. He usually likes to get him all worked up anyway. So did you get home while he was awake? Yep. Yeah. I made it home about eight o'clock that night, uh, Friday night. And then he come running out there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was excited. He was, he had a whole bunch of cool things. My dad's building a house next door. So he was here this weekend working on it, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he had a good day that day. I came home, and um, and then he uh, he had Papal there. So, um, yeah, he he was excited. That's the hardest part is leaving him, um, especially whenever he you know says says he misses you or something or asks you where you're at and makes you feel a little guilty. I was kind of happy to kill one and get back home to him, but. Um, yeah, yeah I, and he'll be coming along with you. I know that's what that's one of the biggest things is like it, to to do something like this for a living and be able to, you know, have something where we could do it together eventually. You know, if he's into it, if he likes it, you know. Um, that's the one thing I see is a lot of these uh, hunters they don't in, include their kids. You know, yeah, these uh, YouTubers and stuff. Uh, right, I want to see more of that family stuff. I think that's something where you got that. Yeah. My kids growing up and gone and you yeah know, rat slayer came over and visited me the other day brought me some peppers that swelled up my head but yeah he, uh, <laughs> he was talking about uh how he'd like to get back into the hunt and do some things and stuff and and uh you know he he, he seems to really want to I, I that'd be that. awesome yeah but uh i don't know he, he keeps saying uh stupid stuff like well you know, it ain't the same. I don't want to, you know, live off your name. And, uh, you know, I'm just not as good as you. And I'm like, you don't have to be just, just yeah, right. have fun. And, and, you know, you, you know, uh, there's a lot, I mean, I, I'd say there's more people that don't like they get out of hunting when they're younger like that. Like, like, you know, maybe when you turn 18 or 19, 20, and then mm-hmm. you get back into it whenever you get a little older and a little more, you know, less going on or whatever you want to say. So, I mean, he's not on a path that's abnormal for people, you know. Right, right. I just, uh, I hope he does. I mean, there's something special about hunting. I mean, he's got a lot of turmoil in his life. I, I think the uh, the hunting would uh, would solve some things. Yeah. Everybody yeah, needs that alone time. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it definitely does that. It gives you something to to look forward to. Gives you something to think about other than. Um, whatever else is going on and that you shouldn't be thinking about or, you know, whatever. Um, he always like, liked the wild, crazy hunts. He liked like going chasing wild boars and stuff. And yeah, uh, I don't know about your hunt with the stick bow and 
he said he'd love to do that sometime. So maybe we could do that trip again and uh, take him along. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, we should definitely do that. Um, I have people from the South all the time messaging me saying they got hogs here and there and need to come kill them. And so it wouldn't be hard to, to find a place. I don't think. Uh, Huck's sure is interested in all that stuff now. I mean, we went to, we had to go down to Clarksville, Indiana, which there's a Bass Pro there. Mm-hmm. And we went in there and he just loves naming all the animals and looking at the fish and um, all that kind of stuff. He likes to go hiking, which is what he calls it. Whenever, anytime we go to the woods, we go and we're gonna go hiking, dad. I'm like, yep. Uh, but yeah, he'll, he'll be in videos a bunch. I mean, he, I, you know, I watch him every day, so it'd be almost impossible for me not to have him in, in stuff. Um, and he's kind of entertaining too. So you never know what he's going to, going to say or anything. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm kind of going through some of these, some questions here. Got a lot of, uh, a lot of comments. Um, someone asked how far away, uh, I set up from the deer when I, when I bumped them, I was probably 50 yards from where I bumped them. I had to, if I remember right, probably about 50 yards. Um, they kind of bedded right down on the oaks where they shouldn't have, right? Yeah. Yeah. It so always, we'll you know, probably put them more into their secure bedding, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. They were bedding like right on the transition of those oaks and the, and the pine. I get that a lot when I'm uh, hunting early season, like on opening weekends and stuff. When I go out to these remote islands and stuff where people don't hunt, you go out there at like, uh, noon and kick them off the island and stuff and if you if they don't know what you were yeah they just kind of get up and pop off you can come back the next day usually and usually then they're not bedded in the middle of the island but they still come back especially if they don't smell you mm-hmm. um and if you know if i think if my wind would have been wrong first of all i probably wouldn't went in there because i i checked that before i walked down in there and secondly i probably would never even seen them you know they probably would have busted out of there before i could get to a spot where um, I seen them and I think I could have saw them and I think me just, I broke a stick or something. They heard me and stood up. Um, but anyway, I was somewhere in Nebraska in the rear and told him you were coming and he still came. So yeah, right. 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 Um, yeah, I was in Nebraska. So people were asking me where, where I was. I was in Nebraska somewhere. You've been eating uh, fresh venison already. Uh, I eat fresh venison almost every every day, Dan. Today we had. Uh, well, I mean, from the new deer. No, mm. I haven't ate any him yet. He's in the freezer, all ready to go. But I still, mm. I got a few more packages of last year's stuff. It was a good, really good timing. We actually ate our last um, tonight. We made uh, our my last pack of uh, pork burgers from that hog I shot in south carolina Mm. um that that thing's gone now so um what did the deer measure i don't know i didn't i didn't put a tape on him yet he's probably like 120 inches 125 inches something like that um not a he wasn't a giant but he was a good one (laughs) someone said it's the beard yep it might be Someone else complained about my beard and said I trimmed it weird. It might start oh. to glow white on the bottom. 
Yeah. Scoop any bears. <laughs> it is. You got like a, you got that silver patch on the bottom now. Yeah. Oh man. All right. I'm going to put the call in link in the chats right now, everybody. Should be at the bottom of the chat now. And you guys can call in if you need to get on here and ask us um, any questions. Scrolling through the, the chats here. Are you guys leaving in the morning, Dan? Yes. I'm leaving real early in the morning. You got everything packed up, I guess? Probably not, but I think I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rick will have you covered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully. I can blame him. I always tell him to remind me. That way I can blame him whenever I'm missing something. Right. Why did you tell me to bring that? Yeah. 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 Um, someone asked how long were the fingers? One that they were betting on the day before was probably a half mile long. It was long. And the one he came out of uh, when I shot him wasn't as long. It was probably... I don't know, maybe 300 yards long. Mm, but geez, it, it I was realize that that one was that long. Oh, it went on forever. Mm. Mm -hmm. It was like a creek bottom that just flowed all flowed forever. Uh, but the uh, the one I was the one he ended up coming in on was like much more narrow and steeper. Um, and it was like I don't know, it was whatever a few hundred yards long, not nearly as big. I bet you that'd be very difficult. To, um... If it weren't for the oaks, if they were, if they were climbing out of there and going to uh, crop fields. Yeah. You'd have a hard time getting to the edge or getting to the spot where they're coming out of there. You'd almost have to set up on the flat in the grass. You think? Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I had on that property, it's hard to explain, but there was like tree lines around the bean, the beans that were in the area. Oh, so you could. Yeah. Okay. But you're right, though. If, if there wasn't, it would be hard. All right, guys. We got someone calling in. Hey, man. How's it going? How good. you doing? Hey, good. Congrats, number one, Josh, on that successful hunt. Oh, thanks. Uh, Dan, I know I had messaged you a couple weeks ago. We talked about getting on the live chat. But I'm just curious, what, you, what makes you guys decide a spot for mornings or evenings? I mean, are there spots that are good for both, or do you target – spots based on something else for morning versus evening hunts well generally uh, i hunt uh as close as possible in the evening to the bedding um just barely out of sight and sound and such and in the mornings i hunt further back so i try to get the um the trail heading towards bedding and be back about 200 yards because they tend to swing down to the downwind sides and stuff and you you kind of um don't have an exact entrance for them in the morning. So I try to be further back. Um, and because it's a little more, um, not as cut dried, if it's, it's a, if I have a lot of confidence in a spot, I won't hunt it in the morning. I'll hunt it in the evening. You won't hunt it in the morning. Correct. What okay. I'll do in the mornings is I'll hunt, um, more of the, um, downwind sides of, uh, doe bedding and stuff, or I'll hunt, um, rut beds in the morning, rut bedding. That'll hunt in the morning. So, so I, I start my uh, morning hunting uh, around October 15th. 
prior to that, I don't do much in the mornings. I might go out in the morning or two, but I don't hunt a spot that's great for the evening. Like I am uh, considering an opening morning hunt for bow hunting this year because I've got a spot where I think the deer are coming onto the property to eat in these oaks and there's a fairly large buck um and i think uh opening opening evening the place is just gonna get invaded with hunters so i want to get a one crack at them going back to bedding but uh i don't have a lot of confidence in it but it's it's a possibility so like on your hunt josh you waited until the evening to go in after that deer right yeah that's right do you think there was a possibility that you got in there early enough in the morning to catch him coming back to bed if you knew he was out there in the evening? I mean, it's a possibility that was too small for me to take a chance on it. Okay. Um, and mostly because, like, me and Dan were talking, like, that the, the oak's falling in there. He may not be really going to those beans at night. So I, what my thinking was those beans were, uh, that, that were near the public land were probably five or 600 yards from there. So I was thinking, like, maybe if they're going out to those beans, you know, that, that would give them enough time for it to get daylight before they made it all the way back to that bedding area. Okay. Uh, but, they're, if you know, maybe if the oaks weren't falling in there and they had to go to those beans to eat, then maybe yeah, I would have sat there. The thing is, too, I mean, like, uh, for me, cameras and, uh, and personal sightings show me that at this time of the year, most of the mature bucks, for whatever reason, bed before daylight. Okay. So that makes yeah you know so maybe maybe you get a buck setting up like josh going in there in the morning but maybe you spook him and i think your chances are real low but i think his chances are real high in the evening on that spot okay so for me i mean that's a no-brainer to just wait for the evening okay all right cool well thank you guys very much appreciate the call thanks man. guys have a good rest of the season hey you too man good luck we'll see ya see ya all right, we got quite a few people uh, calling in now, so I'm going to keep just going to the next one here. Can you hear us, Polaris Outdoors? Oh, hey, guys. Hey. How you hey, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge fan of your guys' show. Thanks, man. Yeah, congrats on your buck. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Dan, Appreciate sorry it. to hear about your uh, hot pepper fiasco. Uh, it's just life. <laughs> There's always something going on. Yeah. Kind of have a two-part question for you guys. Um, I'm in Ontario and Canada. We don't have any oak trees, but we have tons of apple and fruit trees. I'm hunting a 165-acre parcel. It's got uh, rows of pines, cedar swamp, big open meadows. <clears throat> so I'm wondering, how do you pick out of, say, a couple hundred fruit trees, which one's the best one to hunt? I would probably set up uh, to intercept them coming from bedding. So I'd be looking at the trails coming into the fruit trees and uh, trying to cut them off before he got there. Um, so if I did hunt at the fruit, it'd be because the, it'd be because the fruit is close to where he's bedded and I'd be taking uh, the first fruit tree that he's headed towards. Or if there's multiple ways he could come out, the one that's got the most sign around it or most big sign. Okay. Yeah, it's like uh, pretty much it's open metal. Like I would say the 165-acre parcel is all checkered. So it's got a ton of different terrain. But it seems like the apples are all clustered in quite an open field. Mm -hmm. um, so it's maybe more of a stalking spot 
kind of thing or tree stand. Can can you um can you get off to the side and watch it for a day before you go in there? Yep. Yeah, definitely. I probably do that. Okay. Uh, any impact on uh, like other wildlife? Like it seems like since uh, the I had a coyote come through the cameras, the does and fawns they're gone. Mm -hmm. I still get an eight point buck rolling through and uh, a black bear, but would that be enough to kind of spread the deer apart from that parcel? I don't think it'll make that much of an impact. And uh, the reason I say that is because uh, um, I run a lot of cameras. Um, and pick up a lot of coyotes and I don't see any kind of impact on the deer. And uh, I run a lot of cameras bear hunting and I have wolves coming in, bears coming in and deer. You know, I've had deer wait in the background for a bear to leave mm -hmm. and then they come in. Um, so I don't think it has a huge impact, not like a person scent. I don't think they like them. I don't think they want to be around them. And I think a doe with fawns might be a, more, a little more leery than a, than say a buck, but uh I don't think a coyote's going to do much uh, damage. Maybe a wolf pack, but uh, I do have uh, deer coming in and wolves intermixingly uh, on the same bear baits. Okay, good to know. Anyways, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks again for taking my right. call, fellas. Yeah, no problem. Uh, have a good one. Good luck this year. All righty. Got one more here. What's up, guys? Hey. Howdy. I don't know if you got my audio. I got this mic here that's new, so I'm not sure if it really works, but sounds good to me, man. Sweet. Um, well, Josh, I actually just sent you a text for reference on this question. Uh, Dan, I sent you pictures of this buck, but um, I was just talking to Paul Putera, who's out in New Jersey, and uh, trying to pick his mind because he runs a lot of bottoms in uh, that area of Pennsylvania. He also is in Ohio. And um, I've gotten this buck to show up three different times on camera on this new parcel I'm trying to make this series for. And um, I got him to daylight um, twice, once in a bottom, once heading down to the bottom. Um, those were 0.8 miles apart. And then I had him at night kick a 10-pointer out in bed at night on a traditional like leeward-facing slope. Um, this was on a point that I expected some bedding on. Um, but I haven't cut any tracks. I haven't had any like specific knowledge on where he is, but I've gotten a general reference in a mile area of his core area. And it's in the middle of a big piece of public. So my question is, um, do I sit back and wait to get more Intel Intel, try to get on him on one of these doe groups I have patterned in the pre-rut and maybe one of the scrapes I've seen him hitting, or do I go after him now, go off of like wind direction where the best betting would be and try to gain intel versus sighting and then make a real, real attempt at him once I've figured out a little more about him. I'm trying to like debate, like I know first sit, best sit kind of thing, but I feel like um, I could make some intelligent sits and I feel like he's not going to bump off because of how much he's been checking does after they've come embedded. He seems kind of, invested in the area so it's hard so to... are you running cell cams or are you running regular cams cell cams so um i have five cell cameras out um and i had 10 regular cameras out um i wasn't planning on hunting this property at all for like the first month of the season i was planning on just doing a pre-rut and later kind of thing with it but um so that's why i went out and checked these cameras and that's how i got that third appearance 
Um, but I went out and checked them because uh, I was planning on hunting it like second week of the season, which would put me a month out. I checked it September 1st. Um, but yeah, I, everything else is sell cameras. Um, they're all on entrance to bedding and scrapes between bedding. Well, for, for me, um, I would say that if you're getting uh, intel right now, that deer doing things right now, you should be hunting that right now as soon as, as soon as you're legally able to, because deer change constantly. I mean, he might be in a whole different area during rut, have different bedding areas. I mean, they change constantly. So when you have intel, you need to act on it. So I wouldn't be waiting for pre-rut and waiting for the does to go into heat or anything like that. You're looking a long ways from now. If you got a deer doing something now, you need to hunt them now. So when the season opens, I'd be right on top of that, especially if it's still going off in your cameras. It might even change by the time the season opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The last I had them was, um, was, it was a bit ago. It was August 10th. Um, yeah, that's a long time ago. Right. I cut tracks that I think were his though, based on, so I, I saw old, old, old ones in the scrape that he worked, that mm-hmm. my camera was on to have video of him on. And then I had cut fresher tracks earlier. I actually took a picture of cause they were really nice and the, the shape and everything matched the ones that were old. So I think it was actually him still working that bottom. So but, let's, let's take a look once at one of one of those studies that I, uh, I've done this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I had a, um, I got a camera over a staging area for a bedding area. Um, in the first, I think it was 20 or 30 days that I had the camera there. Um, I know it wasn't over 30 days. I had, uh, I think it was 41 bucks on it, on that camera. And, uh, two of them were over 160 and, um, several pretty nice ones, but a lot of small ones too. Um, there was a, an abrupt point when it just went to doze. There's no more bucks coming in. I've had, in the last 30 days, I've had, I think, two or three bucks. And they've been little tiny year and a half olds and, and pretty small at that. Those patterns change quick. You know, when I watch these bedding areas, they might have a two-week period that they have a, a buck laying there. Sometimes it's three, four days. Yeah, that's what and I see a lot. So... Those patterns change constantly. And uh, the reason you got cameras out right now and you're getting intel is to find deer. You know he's in that woodlot. Mm-hmm. Um, relying on him being where those cameras are is a whole different ballgame. You're still going to have to hunt that area down and figure out what he's doing at certain times of the year. The camera's just telling you he's there. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, Josh? Just break it down, quadrants, kind of hunt a piece, 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 and intel? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you also have two weeks before. Well, shoot, you don't have two weeks anymore. You got a week and a half before season about, starts. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I keep thinking about it, and you never know what may show up on some of them cell cameras between now and then, too. Yeah. Um, was yeah, the maybe where he you shows back up and stays there too? Yeah. Right. Where, where uh, was and maybe you said this already, but did okay where you where you set, saw the tracks? Was it like? Uh, in relation to where you got him on camera, how far away was it or any of that? So, yeah, so I got him. Um, so I got him up at that nighttime area, August 8th. And then August 10th, I got him less than a quarter mile from there in a bottom checking a scrape in daylight. Um, and so I had cut those tracks. It's hard to get specific on this because it'll give away the area a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to. But um, 
it, it, it was in the bottom. Um, it wasn't up top, but I cut those tracks in the bottom before I had gotten to the scrape. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird because um, the first time I, he, he always seems to be, it almost seems as if he's following a deer, but not on a close pace. Like he was, he was kind of showing up in an echo to this doe group like a day after he did it twice. And then when he kicked away, when he, when he came up to the nighttime bedding that looked like it'd be, you know, daytime bedding is what I figured. Cause it was a leeward side for the predominant wind. Um, he kicked out a 10 point out of its bed and it was like a nice 10 point. Like when the 10 point showed up, I was like, Oh shoot, that's like one of the best bucks I've gotten. And then he came in and kicked him out. And I realized he had showed back up from the first time then. And then that 10 point had got kicked off of that top, went down and hit that scrape the day before he showed up in the scrape. So he's kind of lagging behind it. Um, it's not a situation where it's a bachelor group, but I feel like he's trying to own the area. So mm. that's the the way he acted when he showed up far away from his last two appearances was much more check-in kind of attitude. Like it wasn't a video, but I could tell he was just checking on this doe group. When that buck bedded where those does did, he acted much more aggressive towards that buck. And when he was working that scrape, he was being very, very aggressive, like thrashing his antlers in the branches. And he just, he didn't seem like he liked what he was smelling there. Um, and that camera's a crappy video camera. So like he was, I'm pretty sure he was certain that camera was there, you know, by the time it got video of him, but he just didn't care. He was so fixated on tearing up that scrape. So I'm, I'm thinking that that's getting closer to his core. Um, but it's interesting because the daylight one of the things Paul was saying to me is, is a lot of the times he sees this time of year, they'll bet in the bottoms when it's cooler, especially when that wind is flowing out to, towards the bottom side of a drainage. Um, and then they'll move up tops at night, he said, which is, you know, he kind of moved up at midnight and the last two times I've got him in daylight was either heading down or already in one of those bottoms. So it's, it's weird because it, you know, I struggle between trying to make the first sit the best sit and trying to gain intel any way I can. And I feel like I've been too, I've talked to you about this a little bit, Dan. I've been too, like, unsure of my skill and, like, not trusting the things I see. And I think I just need to, like, commit to it and go for it. And if I screw up, I screw up. Like, this is the reason I scout, you know, 40 different properties is because if I chase away this buck, I, I can always just bounce the next one. So Yeah, you're also on public land, right? It's on public, yeah. right? Yeah, it's all public. There's those other people that could screw it up for me. <laughs> sure. That's what I guess my point was. Is like, I don't know if they, if he's that aggressive on that scrape right now, I don't know. I'd probably, if it's close enough to betting, I'd probably try to sit there right off the bat, but mm -hmm. um, I'm also never step foot on what you're talking about. So. Hey, you could this year, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Hey, congratulations. Uh, I never said that. Oh, uh, thanks man. Thanks. That was awesome. Thanks, thanks, it was great to see uh, you celebrating too. I really love yeah. seeing that the little dance in the stand and everything. Yeah. It was great. Uh, all right, man. Sweet. Thanks guys. Yep. Have a good one. See you, man. Thanks. Bye. All right. Here's a couple more uh, questions. This one's uh, probably better for you, Dan, but in a bad acorn year and beans yellowing, what type of food do deer seek out early season? He says it's, he's hunting marsh areas with some ag and surrounding on surrounding private. Yeah, and it could be just about anything. They could be seeking out plants that are in the swamp. They could be seeking out corn. They could be seeking out all kinds of stuff. Um, you got to look around and see where the sign is, you know. 
Um, most of the time in early season, I don't see as much of a, especially on public land, a, a, of a dedication towards crops. If I do, it's probably going to be towards corn, but corn is usually a little later. Um, maybe, maybe corn. But uh, really, I don't really concern myself with what the food is. I start looking by the bedding first. And uh, if, if the bedding uh, doesn't have sign around it of deer, I'm looking in the wrong area. You know, they're, they're eating all kinds of crap. Uh, stinging nettles. They're, they're eating uh, that uh, orange juliet or whatever that stuff's called. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of crap. And, and uh, they just wander around grazing and you don't really know. What you, what you can find out is the bedding and find out how they're feeding out of there. I, most of the time, I don't even care what they're eating as long as the sign shows me that they're bedding in a certain area. So I'm walking those transitions or looking at the areas around those transitions for uh, activity coming out. I would probably check the edges of cornfields. Um, sometimes they're hit or miss at this time of the year. I think you get a little closer to October. You start seeing them hit the corn a little more religiously. Um, but uh, I think right now they're probably feeding more on just wild plants. So uh, areas that are kind of wet and green that have a lot of green stuff growing probably into that. What do you think, Josh? Um, I mean, I, I don't have near the experience out in marshes as you do. Um, but yeah, the, especially around here, October 1st, they start hitting cornfields really really well and the beans are pretty much a thing of the, the past for a while until it, they get a farther along um yeah. yeah i have a lot of experience in the hills and stuff they hit they they eat in the hills uh they eat all kinds of, you know there's persimmon trees here there's um green briar uh so we have some of those weeds that they they nip on and different types of flowers that grow up there they like mm -hmm. um yeah i wouldn't really have anything to add on marsh stuff they eat in the marsh um, someone it was telling me they different than the hills. It's just that they're, it's kind yeah. of scattered food. And, right. Um, you just got to have a determination of where they're, where they're betting. You have to kind of figure that out. Um, have you, have you ever seen it on food too much really? Yeah. Yeah. Especially as, um, especially on early season, man, there's just so much for them to eat that time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, have you ever seen them eating the bottoms of cattails and stuff in the marsh? Um, we got some video eating actually brown cattails. I've oh, seen really? them go down in the cattails and eat underneath them. And, and, uh, really, if you go down and you look close, there's moss and stuff and mushrooms and stuff growing down there on the edges, especially when they're not in, in actual water. I don't think they're actually eating the cattails, but they could be. I mean, I've seen them eat some crazy crap. Yeah. Um, late season, I think it's, it's a little better to get fixated on food. But early in the season, I think fixating on food is you're doing what everybody else is doing. You're not going to have a hell of a lot of success. I do think, you know, early season is kind of a relative term. Like you said, yeah. going into October, you start seeing a lot more shift towards corn. Yeah. If you're corn available. Um, but at, if you're talking early season as in right now, basically, you know, as the season's opening. Yeah. And it's a crapshoot where they're feeding. Mm -hmm. You know, if well, you can get into the bedding, you're, you're way better off. Even if you find the feed, like a food source, they can be getting to that food source at like 10, 11 o'clock at night because they're feeding on all that green stuff on the way. Yep. Yep. 
Oh, the reason I, I bring up corn is because I think corn is a little bit of a different type of food source where it actually, you know, it's it provides all kinds of security cover for them too. Yeah. So it, I killed it, two it nice bucks. It has people running all over the edges of it. Some places you right. go, corn fields are a, a hunter magnet. Oh, yeah. Some places you go it or not, you know. Yeah. But if it's a hunter magnet and people walk the perimeter of the corn constantly looking for deer sign, you're not going to see deer walking to it in daylight. But you're right. The cover that they have there. If they're not getting pressured, they will walk into corn just like they're walking into cattails. Yep. Um, Savannah asked if we have any updates on the contest uh, to win a hunt. Yes, we are. I'm going to run it until the end of this week, and then I'm going to I'm going to really win in a hunt. They're just getting invited along. Yeah, good point. <laughs> you can come along. We can't. We can't quite pay all your uh, expenses coming, uh, but you're more than welcome to come hunt with this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I've, I've gotten everybody's emails and uh, all that that have came through. How many do you have? Mm, if I had to guess, I probably have probably 50. Well, that ain't too, too bad of odds, actually. No. Uh -uh. Football lottery at work is harder than that. Yep. Um, yeah, we appreciate everybody coming. Uh, emailing it'd just, us it'd just be really fun to have just a regular guy that's just a fan of the show just come along and hunt with us yep or girl savannah's a girl here dan so either one we're not yep uh, we're gonna pick the best uh the best email so um anyway yeah i, I don't want to drag it on too much longer just because i know people have to plan things and whatnot so mm -hmm. uh, but i also want to make sure everybody gets a chance to see the video and stuff that wants to um that wants to apply. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to work on going through them all this week and then probably do something. Um, announce you it. might want to do a runner up too, because, um, backup kind of thing. Yeah. In case somebody pulls out, so we don't have to do the whole thing over again and yep. just have somebody on the runner up list or something. Yeah. It's good. Good point. So yeah. That's the update. I want to talk about your bear hunt before we get off here, Dan, we've been on here for an hour and 10 minutes now. What are you guys What's your plan? What's uh, what's going on with it? Anything good I, on camera? My plan is to get up there, spend a night sleeping, get up and kill a bear, and then come home. Sounds um, like a good plan to me. I've seen you do it for deer, so <laughs> like a good plan to me. Uh, actually, uh, I do not expect it to be easy. I mean, um, Western Wisconsin has kicked my rear for a while here. Um, Jeff, the person baiting for me, has told me that. Uh, um, dog hunters have gone in there and ran the bears off of our baits quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, now there's been a few days that they haven't been in there. So, um, up until the dog hunters going in there, I had some pretty good daylight movement from a really big bear. Um, I don't know where I'm at right now. I'm going to find out in the morning. I'm, uh, going up there. I'm going to check the cameras and stuff and see what's happening and, uh, go from there. Um, normally I run, I've in the past when I've baited myself, I've ran, um, you know, as many as, um, 15 baits. And right now we have three for two guys. So I went from having 15 to choose from to having three and two people are choosing from them. So that really, uh, limits my success. But, um, the fact that I'm keeping the spots baited through Jeff is helping immensely of keeping the bears active. And I do have, um, 
bears I'm very interested in coming in. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. No more when I get up there. Yep. I'm excited for you. I'm ready to see a bear picture come through the phone. This yeah, week. I really want to see, see Rick get one, honestly. I just, well, that's uh, what, yeah. Either one of you. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, Rick been shooting and everything pretty good? Is he his bow shooting well? No, not at all. He hasn't even picked his bow up yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to make him shoot a target at, uh, I'll set it out at, you know, something nice and close, like 130 yards. And I'll put an apple <laughs> on top of it. And if he can't hit the apple, he's got a hump of rocks. He has to film you. You can't hunt. He can't hunt then. <laughs> there you was go. he filming? Was he filming you last year at, whenever you shot your bear? No, he wasn't. He wasn't filming me when I shot it. Um, yeah. You know me, a lot of the spots where I hunt, can't get multiple stands in the trees and stuff like that. That's, this, you know, it's like everything else. You're hunting them things in the right spots and the tangles and stuff, not in the classic trees. You know, where we could put Rick, we did. And he did film for me a couple times. And uh, I have no problem filming bears myself, but I really wanted Rick to enjoy it and have fun too. So he did film with me a couple times. Um, but uh, when I killed the bear, I was by myself. And I have yeah. to say, he was probably more excited than I was. He was he was ecstatic when I got that bear. You could see the spark lighting in him wanting to kill one for himself. Yeah, like that looks fun. <laughs> it is fun. I mean, there's something there's something about uh, you know envisioning that bear coming through the woods and where he's going to come from and stuff, and looking up and just seeing that monster black thing just lobbing through the woods, kind of looking oh, your yeah. way, coming in slow. You don't know if he's going to spook. You tell he's on pins and needles. It's it's a it's a cool feeling to watch them things come in and and work that area, you know. Yeah, oh, Jet I can imagine it. Giant just lobbing through the woods. It's almost like an elephant walking through the woods. It looks like it doesn't belong there, you know. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it a lot of times. I've I don't know. I've killed like uh, I don't know seven eight bears, maybe more than that. I lost count, but every time it's like the first time. It's just like this magic feeling of that thing when it comes walking out, you know. I love it. Yeah. It's something a little more mystique than a deer too. You know, it's just, it's not normal. It's not something you see driving down the road every day and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but they're incredibly anyway. intelligent animals too. Yeah. They're very smart. Lots yeah. smarter than a deer. They live yeah, to be, sure. uh, you know, they can live to be over 20 years old and, uh, Bears in Wisconsin don't get to be those big giant bears without feeding on, on people's bait piles. So the fact that they're not getting killed and they're growing up to that age means they might look stupid and look easy when they're on that uh, camera. That doesn't mean they are. They're pretty smart. And when they sense anything different, you know, different human scent, you know, something changed in the bait, somebody moved in the wrong area of the bait, they put the camera up in a different spot or a tree stand went up or something like that. They freak out. Mm -hmm. They they will go and they'll circle the bait and you know smell downwind and stuff. And you know I've watched those baits be giant bear coming in there every day, every day, just almost like he's running in there. You know, half an hour, hour before dark, every day, every day. You get there and hunt, and you never see that bear again. It never goes off in your cameras again after the first day you hunt it. Yeah, those bears are pretty intelligent. You know, so it's it's really a matter of doing everything right. And if the things aren't right the way I want them, 
I'll sit in camp and eat hot dogs instead of uh, sitting in the tree. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm not going in there till it's right for the big one. We do have a backup bait that's uh, got some big bears on it too, but it's, you know, like a one daylight hit in 10 days. So the odds are lower, but I might go sit that if uh, things aren't right on the, the bait with the big one. Mm. Yeah. Just wait for him to be right. Patience is key. A lot of guys think they got to hunt opening day no matter what. Yep. Um, we got one more call in here, and then we'll get off here, everybody. Seek outdoors. How's it going, man? Howdy. You look like Dan right now. You guys are matching. Yeah. Are like both in the dark. Right <laughs> so our question is, our phone is, phone is kind of messed up right now. You're good. We can... Can you hear us now? No, oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Go ahead, man. So the question is, if we're hunting a spot that uh, a farmer drives on a lot, so so if um, uh, my phone is echoing, it's kind of jacked up right now. It sounds good on my end, man. Okay. Well, sorry. Sorry, Zeke Outdoors. Um, he sounded fine to me. I was having a hard time hearing him. He was breaking. Oh, up. were you? Mm. Anyway, um, he's on. Uh, they're on all the time. They'll, they can catch us next week. Um, okay. When are you coming back? Uh, when I kill a bear. So it might not be for years. <laughs> I didn't know how. No, I probably uh, probably Sunday. Okay. Never got if you know, but if there's if if things are are shady and I'm going to be spooking stuff, I might just pack up and leave too, or yeah, or maybe go hunt with one of my friends up there. There's some people I know up there that have uh, some active spots too. Might go try it with somebody else if uh, it's not working, but it's not the same as killing when you set up on. So I don't know. Right. But sure. uh, I don't mind if I kill a big bear. I'm good with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get off here, Dan. Let you get to, to packing and get a good night's sleep and all that tonight. So, um, everybody, thanks for coming on tonight. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a comment down below. Let us know how things are going, uh, how your, how your season's gone if you're in a state that's open already. So, um, everybody, have a good night and we'll see you sometime next week. It probably won't be Monday next week. We'll probably get back to a, Maybe Thursday. Who knows? That'll be uh, that'll be a change. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you later. See ya.